Welcome to American Games Journalism Simulator 2017. The finest approximation of games journalism you can make without a Unity license. My name is David Daw. Hi, David Daw. My name is Alex Warrow, and I'm here with you on this podcast tonight. How are you doing? Who else is with us? It's me, Amanda Rodriguez. Also here. Um, I feel like if we... I don't know why I keep doing the Mario. Yeah, I feel like if we really believe in our dreams, we're going to like be able to introduce ourselves by episode 10. <laughs> Like, I really, I really think, like, I'm going to be able to say my name, and then someone else will say their name, and then the third host will say their name, and then we'll just, like, dive right in. It's important to have goals. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's, uh, I, I feel like that's... We'll get there. Yeah. Like, that's, if, if we do a Kickstarter for this show at some point, that will be our stretch goal, is, like, for, for an extra $1,000... <laughs> we will actually be able to do an intro like human beings. Um, right. I agree. Yes. Let us uh, let us build towards... Is that the, like, $3,000 stretch goal there, or... I was saying 1000 but yeah, let's shoot for the moon. Let's say 3000 Okay. okay. <laughs> Guys, I... I... That, oh, go ahead. No, oh, if you're riffing, then riff away, because I was going to be boring and like talk about this actual games podcast we're doing. <laughs> oh, well, no, we're, we're going to talk about the moon, because, you know, it's featured in so many games, mm-hmm. like that 3DS shooter moon. <laughs> I mean, not, does no one remember that DS shooter moon? No, I remember. It was called Moon Chronicle. Movie, I think, That's what it was. I think it was called Moon. What? And the movie yeah, but, starring uh, Sam Rockwell was amazing yes i i just i love that that's amanda's go-to for moon in a video game (laughs) they're like yeah of course like it's not the evil majora's mask moon it's not the actual moon it's not like mass effect where there's 837 different moons oh borderlands the pre-sequel you play on the moon Mm -hmm. Hmm. yeah did did no one else play that am i the only one no. Oh, Tell me about Moon Chronicles on the DS. That's the one I really uh, want to hear about. So, so that's that's the that's the big inside thing is that I've never actually played it. I've also never played Majora's Mask. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so this was really productive. Sure was. <laughs> okay, I. You know what? I'm gonna say to this aside that I'm fine with it, mostly because I will. The Moon level from Ducktales. The moon level from the Ducktales. I've never played game. Ducktales either. Oh, the moon level from well, the... I never played that either. I, 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 back when I lived in New York, um, a very good friend of mine, who both of you met at my wedding, uh, Susan, uh, was really involved in the, the oh, yeah. chiptune scene. Sort of ran the, oh, yeah. the art space that did um, Blipfest, the, the big sort of chiptunes music festival in New York. Um, mm-hmm. And there was a big movement among people in chiptunes to be like, don't compare us to video games. Like, you don't say people who play spoons are, like, chefs. And to a person, I, I, I had this thing. The more people would, like, deny that they were making video game music, the more the songs they made sounded sounded exactly like the moon level from DuckTales on the NES. <laughs> like, just one... Because it's like, it's like saying you're the greatest poet that ever existed and never reading, like, Chaucer or anybody. Um... Is you just accidentally? Who's that guy? Is you just accidentally end up making like the exact same thing somebody else made because you anyway? 
Um, well, no, I, I think what it is is that actually Capcom wasn't making video games back in the late eighties and early nineties. They were making art, and so really, when is referencing them, it's not they're not just they're not tied to video games, man. They're on another level. They are they are touching into something primordial. They are touching. I mean, it did take until, like, Shovel Knight for somebody to make a proper sequel to that DuckTales game, which was a really good game. Uh, Mm -hmm. um, Wait, quick, really, uh, once around the room, what's your favorite Capcom uh, chiptune music? Uh, uh, You first. (laughs) Yeah. All right, fine. Mine is the Proto Man theme from uh, Mega Man... Oh, jeez, I don't even remember which one. Uh, It's like Mega Man Fighters or something? Uh-huh. That's acceptable. Yeah. My I, David. I I mean, one, I'm <laughs> actually a pretty big fan of the moon level from DuckTales. Warrior, you're so screwed cuz like the two of us actually have an opinion on this. Like you're like desperately like sitting there with Wikipedia like, "Yes, of course. Mega Man 6 just the the other option is I was always a big fan of Zero's theme from the original Mega Man X." Oh, I love Zero's theme. Mhm. Love it so hard. Um the, Me too. Uh, the, that's uh, that's <laughs> my favorite. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, good. Definitely. I, lo- I love zeros. The more zeros, the better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Or did you play Mega Man X? Um, yeah, well, because I wanted to start. That was the first one, right? Mega Man X. And then, uh, yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. I don't think I was going to play Mega Man I did. I, I fell off at Y. <laughs> <laughs> Do go on. I, anyway, I yes, really, Mega I mean, Man. no, I really, my favorite thing about Mega Man X was the, like, Mega Man Y version that you could play where everything was almost the same but slightly different. Yeah. Oh, and you could only catch in Mega Man. Yeah, you could only catch seven of the robot bosses in each game, and you needed yeah. to trade powers. Actually, this is just a fucking great idea for a Mega Man game. Why has no one done this? That was Mega Man, that was... Mega Man Battle Network was basically that. Well, I mean, I was I was talking to my, you know, I remember my uncle worked at Capcom, mm-hmm. and he used to tell me that they had a Mega Man Z in production mm-hmm. that I don't think it ever came to America. Oh, but um, you could catch Mega Mew Man. in that one, right? Yeah, it was like X and Y together, and also it had, mm-hmm. uh, you could get Mew's power in your gun. Mm-hmm. Now, is that the one where they added in Goku by fan request? Um... This yeah yeah this joke yes. doesn't work anymore now that you can play as Cloud in a Smash Brothers game. There's just know, there's just, just like nothing to be done. Cloud and Ryu, by the yeah. way, it's like what, like what? I love that Ryu is in the game now because it just like it really like finally the dream of all the like no items Final Destination people who just want to play Street Fighter can be realized <laughs> within a Smash Brothers game, and they can just play Ryu I mirror matches. Right, and I think you can even do like sexy beard ring. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's basically Street Fighter. Yeah, I think the secret truth here is that it's not it's not that Smash Brothers has brought in Ryu. It's that Ryu encompasses all of video games. Like at the end of Street Fighter, he walks into the sunset to find the next battle, and the next battle might be, for example, uh, in Street Fighter Four. It might be uh, on the Wii U, or it might be in. Uh, Puzzle Fighter? Guys, you heard it here first. Ryu is the next class in World of Warcraft. The next expansion's coming up. coming to Wii U. (laughs) 
The next expansion to Paradox's hit 4X space strategy game Stellaris will be the Ryu update. I would buy that. <laughs> and what I. Th- that was also a great transition to like a games reference that like 90s kids wouldn't understand finally in this podcast. Nope, I don't understand well. it. Like, I, I don't understand it. Oh, you have not played Stellaris uh, yet? Well, let, let... No, I'm a 90s kid. Right. Fair enough. <laughs> Well, um, when you get out of that uh, uh, hellish time period, you will find that Stellaris is a pretty good game. Uh, I, I actually haven't played more than like a few hours of it, so I shouldn't have brought it up. But it is I, very spacey. I mean, you should have brought it up because I've been playing it a fair bit. But I haven't... I mean, I have not been playing it because I, I burned through... I tend to burn through 4X games really fast where I like play like one complete... like. 4x game and get to like the late game of it and then go like well that was it i played the whole game i never need to play this again or you beat the game it's done you finished yeah um and i i did that with stellaris when it first came out uh and then like three or four months ago um there were a lot of news stories about a, a a mod bordering on like a total conversion of stellaris that turns all of the ships uh and everything and all of the empires into uh, Star Trek canon uh, oh, ships. And I thought you were going to say Babylon Five. I was like, David seems like a Babylon Five. Okay, like if I had to go, like, which way is this going to go? And I was like, mm, I should have thought Star Trek. One, uh, I am a Babylon Five nerd, so good call. <laughs> but two, oh, uh, they actually uh, the the first expansion pack to Stellaris, like the first DLC storyline they added is pretty much the major storyline from Babylon 5. Uh, like, it, it pretty much added in the the exact, like, elder super-powered space races that show up in Babylon 5 as, like, two warring factions you have to kind of navigate between. But this is just, like, you play as Star Trek and, like, various Star Trek series play out. Like, you sort of start at the start of Enterprise, or a little before mm-hmm. it. Um... And then there is a very, very late game that is apparently, like, the very end of Voyager, but um, the there's a canon map with, like, 24 different Star Trek empires in it, um, and if you do that canon map and start playing it out the way that I did, um, eventually there's a lot of slowdown as you have discovered the entire galaxy and you're waiting for everyone to take their turn, and so every individual day that's supposed to be, like, a a second takes a whole day for your computer to calculate what all 24 empires are doing. Um, Yeah. So it's a 4X game. Yes, so what I'm describing is a 4X game in space where you you play Star Trek. And it's pretty fun! Um, Nice. And it's... So it's like what, uh, like, no man... Uh, no, first of all, you went you went T Pain again on us, Amanda. But um, <laughs> it, but it's Excellent. it's it's more like a Civ game that is just like a Galactic Empire. Like the the weird thing this mod adds. Uh, it's called Star Trek New Horizons, I think, um, and you can find it on the Steam Workshop for Stellaris. Um, is that eventually you form the Federation, and then every two huh. years there's a main, like, you can sort of start negotiations to bring anyone you've allied with into the Federation, 
and that's a long process that ends up taking like 10 to 15 in-game years because you sort of just slowly build it up over time. But, like, I ended up adding the Romulans into the Federation, like, fairly early on when they were, like, the closest galactic competitor. Like, I got to... I got to in-game the start of, um, like, the the original series missions, like the, the Kirk-Spock missions, um, and I was already building Enterprise-D-level ships, and literally, like, Stellaris has a little thing that gives you the power rankings of nearby empires, um, and everybody was terrified of me except the Borg, who thought of me as vaguely equivalent. And I thought, you know what? I've beaten this game, so it's fine that it's going too slow to actually be playable. Um, that is excellent. Have either of you ever played an actual Star Trek video game? I played... I've never even seen the show. What was... Amanda. Amanda, I know, I'm, I'm a terrible... I'm ashamed of you. Um, I've never... Like, I've seen a few... Space Nine episodes, I think, at David's house. Yes. The house, for everyone who's listening. Um, and that's about it. Like, that's, that's all I've seen. And uh, I don't know. That's, that's all I got. I know Professor Xavier pilots a ship. Yep. yep. Yes. Yep. That's, We're accepting that. That's that's a yep. statement we're going to just let pass. <laughs> um, and um, um, the guy from Reading Rainbow... He's he a has man. a visor yep. on his head. He's there. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. The reading rainbow um, man. There's a Spock. Mm-hmm. There's a Spock. He's sometimes played by Leonard Nimoy and sometimes played by Zachary Kinto. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, also, also the whoever played Tuvok. That's right. Yeah. Uh, David, there's a thing about Doctor. Yeah. <laughs> um, I played a few. They're not. They're just generally not very good. I played the the what was that first person shooter one that came out for like Voyager. Elite Force, yeah, that, that classic. Yeah, um, th- I actually always wanted to play Elite Force as a kid, but I fear couldn't run it. I will tell you now a story of I've actually weirdly, despite only coming to appreciate Star Trek as anything other than what my mom watched when I was a kid and had to go to bed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, only, I've only come to a higher appreciation of that show recently, but I managed to play two Star Trek games in my life, okay. and I will tell you about both of them because they are stories about video games that are not current, and thus they excite me. <laughs> so first of all was the uh, Star Trek video um, game for Game Boy, which I loved to death, and it was uh, remarkable for a Game Boy game because you could fly a ship around and also go down to planets, and they had this amazing little, like, 8-bit or whatever chip tune that plays as you wandered around the little planets with the original crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I played that game to death until eventually, at some point, I left it in a uh, lodge in Big Bear Mountain and cried for a week because I was like, Nine or something, and uh, uh, that was the that was the greatest video game I ever played. And I had no idea what Star Trek was. I just like I thought it was amazing. I had this little pointy ship. Uh, and then you fast forward about I don't know maybe ten years or something mm-hmm. less. Obviously, it would have been less. Uh, and I was at uh, <laughs> I was at computer camp. I was at a summer camp for nerds. Uh, Nerd. And so that meant that in between activities during the day, which were just computer classes, uh, we would have. Uh, fun times, which were just computer games, uh, in the same room, uh, and we had a uh, camp-wide tournament for Star Trek Armada, the uh, real-time Star Trek strategy game that was released in 2000, 
for PCs. Yes. And I still didn't really know what Star Trek was, uh, but I wanted to win that prize, goddammit, because I wanted to be top guy at computer camp. And so <laughs> I signed up with a trembling hand, uh, a trembling preteen or maybe even teen hand, I don't really remember. Uh, put my name on that board, and then I, I got a copy of the game from the uh, CD checkout desk, because that was when we were at. And uh, I practiced, I practiced during all my like class breaks, I practiced. Uh, everyone else was playing Quake, and I was playing Star Trek Armada. And uh, then the big day of the tournament came, the camp-wide tournament. And uh, I, it was a three-bracket thing. So I remember getting to the first two, and I was like, wow, I'm like, actually doing okay at this. And then I came up against the champion. Right. Mm -hmm. The guy that was uh, I was there. I was in the final match uh, and uh, I I did something where I built a bunch of spaceships in the spaceship game that could turn invisible, which I guess means they were Romulan. But I'm not, actually not sure. And I snuck them around behind his base. And I was like, this is never going to work because everyone's played Starcraft and everyone knows that if, if there are invisible creatures in the game, you you, you encircle your base with fucking like watchers right like you have wards up mm -hmm. you make sure like invisible things can't get behind you and this kid had never played starcraft <laughs> and so then I, I i dropped out of cloak behind him and i levied my weapons and they lit up the night and it was just it was glorious and uh uh i i just i just uh, obliterated him and i i i stood up from my uh, computer desk and i i i tried to throw my hands up in victory and one of them got caught in the headset cords <laughs> and ripped the entire headset oh out as well at the back of the computer and pulled the computer onto the floor, at which point it smashed into pieces, uh, and I was just screaming. Uh, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, everyone else in the room seemed like got up too, and I thought they were excited for a second, and then it turned out uh, they were just making sure there was no fire. So, yeah, I destroyed... Uh, I, <laughs> I got written up at camp for winning a Star Trek computer video game tournament. The, the greatest crime. But I was I won, and, and, I got the, and, I, and I got the reward, which I think was your name on a thing, and then you know maybe ten dollars or something. I don't remember. The, this is really anticlimactic after that magnum opus, but I wanted to say <laughs> that I um, I remembered that I've actually played a second Star Trek game, which is the Star Trek VHS board game that came out when I was a little kid. Where a Klingon uh, had why do I know that? A Klingon had taken over the Enterprise D and like you would do moves and have to like fast forward or rewind the videotape to certain time signatures. Um, oh, that's kinda way better before, than anything else. before the like the the uh, the warp core explodes and destroys the whole ship. Yeah, I mean Wow. The, no joke. The best part about it is that if you're not playing the game, you then just have a 40-minute video of a Klingon yelling at you seemingly at random. Yes. And oh and just like saying like you may have brought down the the fields on the level D, <laughs> but you'll never make it all the way to engineering. And then laughing maniacally, and then you see the Enterprise explode, and then everything has gone back to normal, and he, like, laughs at your failure, and then just, like, just, it's like a schizophrenic Klingon man sitting in oh the... Oh, my God. In the engineering set of... That just, that just reminds me, um, for some reason recently, I, I, w I was reminded of Command & Conquer Red Alert, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, I had never played Red Alert 3, which came out probably a decade ago now, uh, but I remember that the cutscenes were amazing. 
And so I went on YouTube to like refresh my memory and you can just find straight cuts of, you know, all the cutscenes in that game. And it's just the exact same, even like more than a decade later, right? Two decades, maybe mm-hmm. you just have like some actors that have no business being in that video game. Uh, just like chewing the scenery like nobody's business. Like Tim Curry is in there, just like literally eating things on set. Remember just, like, the like rapping? four year span where Tim Curry was weirdly in every video game? Yeah. <laughs> and kind yeah. of in everything. Yeah. And this uh. was the peak. There is one moment in, in and again, as you go on YouTube, it's the same effect where you're sitting there watching 20 or 30 minutes of someone just shouting at camera. Uh, it's fantastic. Uh, at one point, Tim Curry, like, I, I don't remember which game or whether it's the expansion or not, but he, he looks at the camera and goes like, um, I, you know, I have to go to the last safe bastion for, um, you know, the Soviet mother Russia. Mm-hmm. And he just like space, but you can see him start to use it right before he's going to say space, but he manages to like pull it off and they kept the cut. So he's like, space. <laughs> and it's, um, it is something transcendental. I, I would like to request that our um, th- three listeners that are us um, make a supercut that's like a three-hour supercut of that moment of Tim Curry saying space and that moment in Home Alone 2 where he says pizza. Oh, my God. Just back and just <laughs> battling Tim Curry's. Space. Pizza. pizza. Space. Pizza. Uh, with with some of that laugh that he has, that's so just like. <laughs> <laughs> I did not realize Tim Curry was in Home Alone Two. Everyone, uh, the president of the United States was in Home Alone Two. Well, who Hashtag that? Was not that my president. <laughs> Donald Trump was in Home Alone Two briefly, as a <sighs> terrible cameo, like every Let's other. All shudder collectively. Every other terrible thing that he's ever um, done in his um, terrible life. He's probably in Ghostbusters 2, to be honest. Mm, no, that's... No, I remember Ghost, Ghostbusters 2. My earliest memory... Guys, we're, we need to talk about something that happens in the 21st century at some point in this goddamn podcast. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but my, my, earliest, my earliest memory is uh, going to see Ghostbusters 2 and freaking out at the scene um, where they just put the ooze in various objects... Because it was, um, it was my first exposure to the abstract concept of tension. And, and so just the idea that, like, something could happen, and I don't know what it is, but I don't like it, made me start, like, screaming and crying and forced my dad to take me out of the theater as a three-year-old. Oh, that's so beautiful. And it sounds like sad. you were covered in news. Because imagine, like, before that, you never knew what it was to be tense. Yes. Like, it, it had not occurred to me that something could happen. Like, that, that, like, that there could be a moment where, like, I didn't know what could happen and one of the outcomes would be bad had not occurred to me until I was three. <laughs> like... <laughs> To be fair, bad things like bad things could happen to me, but I thought I would like always know when something bad was going to happen to me. 
this is like some some Buddhist level shit where you just need to like get back to the point where you didn't know what it was tense again. Like you have to once again become a child, right? Mm-hmm. Like like the wise man learns something new every day, and the enlightened man forgets something every day. Like this, you have to get back. And to the that. man in between Somehow. watches Ghostbusters too. <laughs> Uh, wow, was actually, Ghostbusters was actually, 2 basically, like, raised your awareness. Yeah. I, I had a weird thing where, like, so I watched Ghostbusters 2 long before I ever saw Ghostbusters. I watched Grease 2 long before I ever saw Grease. I watched... Wait, there's uh, Grease 2? Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought it was way really better. Like, Grease was, like, I, when I finally saw Grease, <laughs> I was like, because I loved Grease 2 as a kid. And I watched Grease, and I was like, oh, this is, like, really shitty and sexist, and I don't like the main character at all. <laughs> and then, I don't know. I mean, just, all of that is valid. <laughs> Yeah, but you also like Grease too, so I don't know how how much we can take your opinion into account on this. Well, okay, so in Grease too, there's like a mystery man on a motorcycle. He's like he's like tuxedo, <laughs> but like tuxedo bike, and he doesn't wear a tuxedo. He wears okay, I am gonna yeah. fucking grasp a conversational straw and just pull to get us into the 21st century because I'm like, oh, tuxedo mask. Let's talk about Persona Five. Like I'm just, okay, I'm just gonna. I'm, no, I want to talk about Sailor Moon Crystal. God, we're doing that now. God we're damn it. Uh, you know what? <laughs> Fair though. Fair, yeah, fine. Cause like, I love tuxedo masks. So, so me and the partner are going through Sailor Moon Crystal right now, mm-hmm. and I only remember Sailor Moon from like the original. Sure, sure, sure. Let's be honest, shitty anime, which no, is just what? like Classic. tuxedo mask shows up. Yeah, I will. Throws a rose I'll... and then like bolts away, right? <laughs> and like, in, and he's like, he actually he like saves them a lot of the times in the old anime, and then like in the new anime, he's. He doesn't say that. He doesn't do anything. He just kind of stands there and goes, "Oh!" And occasionally he like catches Sailor Moon. Yeah, that's kind of like awkward. That's the awkward thing because like the old series, it was awful that like the Sailor Scouts could not do anything for themselves, and like a man had to come through and literally throw a rose because that's all it took to be competent. Um, Also, um, Sailor Scouts is apparently a mistranslation. Okay, and they were uh, warriors. Sailor, like, Sailor Warriors, something like that. Um, oh, Guardians. Oh. Sailor Guardians. Sorry. That's pretty um, bad. That's actually a way, yeah. that's a way better name. So that's actually what they were in the original anime. That, the, or, no, I mean, uh, in the, in the original manga. Manga? Manga? I always mispronounce it. Um, I'm probably going to get yelled at from the other room. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Um, so just all of us, all of us had the thing where we, like, were really into Sailor Moon and then... Like, uh, I, really, really into is a stretch. I, that's I a stretch. Like, okay, well, here's really the thing. Pokemon. Not like it was the. There was a time where it was the only anime available. Here's the thing. That's a stretch. No, because I had Dragon Ball. No, th- see, I had original. Dragon you Ball. were you were young enough that you never had the moment because there was like a two year period where Sailor Moon was all you had, and then like. I remember when Dragon Ball came out, and I was like, "Oh, I can throw this girl thing under the bus," and and like oh. just that th- there was the day where I was like, and want to be clear here, I was eight and pudgy and not manly at all in any way, <laughs> but I was just like, "Oh yeah, Dragon Ball, definitely. This is what I need to be following, and not Sailor Moon." I had no attachment to that, but also like maybe what was up with Ursula? Like what's the like what's the new what's the new 
sailor like <laughs> the the outer planet ones like uh, what what's their deal uranus mm-hmm. neptune uh they were they no were man like, i don't care dragon ball uh, goku all right goku fine, fine. Uh, fine. um krillin so, so you say that dragon ball for you didn't show up until like you were eight mm-hmm. um but i was watching it when i was young because i was watching it in spanish because they, it actually came out under an earlier years earlier in Mexico and so yeah. like I had access to the, that that version and then I like watched the, the American version later on and things are very different from what I remember. This is just like a hopelessly night like we're just trapped in 90s nostalgia because I'm going all in on this conversation topic like I'm not switching <laughs> out of it because I had a um, I had a frenemy in middle school who had like unauthorized subs of Dragon Ball movies from, like, three arcs ahead of anything I'd ever seen. Like, he had, like, clearly what, in retrospect, was, like, a fan sub by somebody who did not know Japanese and was just trying to put words in that made the plot made sense make sense to, like, the Broly movie when Goku had not gone Super Saiyan yet in like American anything. Um <laughs> Yeah. And and like and so like I was watching on Boo when like Goku was barely fighting Frieza. It was just a whole thing. But it was just it was this weird thing of like in retrospect, I was like one, I was like thirteen, so I was an idiot. And two <laughs> the I I was like, I did not have the priors, like I did not have enough prior information to understand what was going on in this movie, and neither did the person who was translating it into English, which really just created a lot more problems. Um... This is fantastic. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a quick insert here. Uh, Mm Mm-hmm. Oh. But everyone's favorite anime. What? Everyone's favorite uh, anime. Waro, you took so long on the Capcom music question, so I feel like you no, need no, to go no, first no, on no, this no, one. No, no, no. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, no, I. Waro, just, just top of your head, just, just go with your heart. What's your favorite anime? Oh, my favorite Pokemon earlier is the U.S. political system. That's my favorite anime. Mm-hmm. You got the good guys, the bad oh. guys, and they had their clubs. And I really loved the Barack it. Obama arc. Like that I was really inspiring. Mm-hmm. I, that was like that really Arch, changed the my Barack life. Obama arc was fantastic. Longer than I expected, and yet somehow shorter than I hoped. Um, <laughs> no, my my mm-hmm. favorite anime is. I can edit this, but I'm not going to. <laughs> I haven't looked at anime in so long. Like I guess, I guess Cowboy Bebop. I watched the movie in the theater when I was a teen, so I mean... Uh, That's a respectable answer. I, I was... A teen who was old enough to probably know better, so... I was just watching that again with my wife and my wife, uh, and the... Oh my god, I'm so sorry. I want to hear this story, but I feel like I have to Go just ahead. immediately rip, rip my innards out and then just, like, prostrate them before somebody in in power because i fucked up my favorite anime is shirokuma cafe uh known as what i was about to uh, say like 
Yeah. You made me watch this dumb polar bear anime. <laughs> it's so good, you guys. All right, so Polar Bear's Cafe is about a polar bear who runs a cafe. And then <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Back up here. What? And and the polar bear is cool. He's very relaxed. And he's very, like, world-wise and nice and sweet. And one day, like, a, a, a dumpy little panda comes in because he wants to get a job because his mom wants him to get off his butt. He's like a millennial, basically, but like a charming millennial. Um, so, like, me, maybe, or maybe like David. Uh, and, and, and that's what I empathize with is that this charming little like roly poly millennial kind of rolls into this like panda bears cafe. And then it's just, it's just like Seinfeld with talking animals in Japan. It's great. They, they, they just hang out and they go for, they go grilling and they go get their driver's license and they go on a trip. It's just the cutest. <laughs> that sounds wholesome as shit. It's so good. It's like the Seinfeld of anime. Except it's just nice. It's just nice all the time. There's no screaming. The topics. It's just like, oh, pandas and polar bears getting yeah. jobs. So I, uh, I, I ruined a totally nice anecdote from David about his wife. So please continue. I just we watched Cowboy Bebop. She's very fond of Ed. I, it's a good. It it holds up. A lot of anime from that period does not hold up at all. <laughs> Cowboy Bebop holds up. Amanda, what is your favorite anime? Wait, wait, is this, so is Cowboy Bebop your favorite anime? No, I'm going last because then I swear to God I'm transitioning to Persona 5. We're talking about video games in this goddamn video game podcast. Um, <laughs> hey, hey, games you most cover anime too, you know? It's 2017, <laughs> but also go ahead and list your favorite anime. Fine, my favorite anime is Bo 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 Bo. That's a fair, yeah, I'm, that I'm, would, you yeah. Right? God bless you. What? That would explain a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that a real thing? Is that, is that like an actual yes. uh, animated uh, do you not Do you not know about Bobo 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 Bobo? Strangely, no. I've never heard of Bobo 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 It's a bow times seven, by the way. It's about a... So I'm going to give a description, and it's not actually what the show's about. It's about a guy who fights with his nose hair against uh, evil, tyrannical uh, autocracy that wants to shave everyone's head bald. Deep. Yeah. It's, it's, like, it's, like a it's, parable it's not actually like that at all. Oh. It's actually not about that at all. It, <laughs> huh. There's a sentient brick of jelly that, that fights alongside him. Um, yeah, anime's weird, man. Once, one time I went home and like... I'm a grown-ass man now, and I was looking through some old books I'd left there from when I was a precocious teen, and some friends had given me anime because they were all in anime, and, and we you know, we watched some anime together. We watched a little Trigun, watched a little Bebop, um, but they, they were way more into it than I was, so they, they'd given me some manga to read, and uh, I had never cracked the spine, and I happened to look at it and flip through it, and it was called Those Who Hunt Elves, and it was like a manga about these uh, people who just travel through fantasy space-time, like find seeking one elf that has a tattoo so they strip the elves naked every single time and it's always like very tastefully done but it's very strange because they're just traveling around stripping elves and uh that's some weird fetish stuff you got there yeah i have if you want some i can go home and get them they... no i'm no, good I'm, I'm, in, I'm good i'm good <laughs> they're in good condition <laughs> no i'm good that's too bad Sorry, David, you're playing anime video games. Please continue. Uh, I am, and I'm going to get to that after uh, I after I make a pitch for um, 
an anime called Denu Coil that is my favorite anime of all time. That Denu Coil. Not nearly enough people have watched. For instance, Amanda has never seen it. Um, it came out around 2007, 2008, uh, and uh, the basic premise is it's like the it's like 20xx. And uh, you're in Japan in a future where everybody has uh, augmented reality glasses that um, can have sort of can project things into your field of vision that aren't actually there but are there in like a virtual reality space. Um, and um, a lot of people have virtual pets that are like cats that only exist in virtual space. Um, and the two things that are really cool about this anime are, one, it is really, really smartly thought out in terms of, ha like, the network infrastructure of how this works and how things are stored on, like, servers and how you handle the way that, like, things are... The, how you handle this sort of... I forget what they call that, the tracking problem of augmented reality, of where you position things. Um, and the other thing is that it is entirely told from the point of view of, like, eight to ten-year-olds, like, children who have grown up always wearing these glasses, which gives you this fascinating perspective where to all of them, of course, none of this is weird at all. Um, it's, it's... Okay, this actually sounds really, really, really interesting. I want to... How do you spell it? D-E-N-N-O-U... Uh, D -E -N -N -O -U. And then coil, C O I L. Um, when you were first pitching me on this, I thought you were kind of going into a oh, it's a Ghost in the Shell, but with children. And can I say a secret about um, all the coverage of this Ghost in the Shell movie? Um, which is not that I support Scarlett Johansson's casting, although the third act twist could, if that if that was a first act twist and they really believed in it, I could have gone with it, but. Um, I think the Ghost in the Shell movie is overrated. I, 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 I the original one, yeah, like nineteen ninety six. Yes, um, I, I really like standalone complex. I really like a lot of the stuff in the Ghost in the Shell universe. But I think the line between um, prosaic and cultural things about Japan that American reviewers don't understand is very blurry in the first Ghost in the Shell movie. And I think that a lot of the stuff that people think is like, this is an art movie, is just like, mm, no, no. Um, you, you just literally don't understand what's going on. Um, because that movie is a lot of ass shots and a William Gibson novel. Um, and it's pretty good at both of those things, but it's not like Princess Mononoke of cyberpunk, which is... I finally saw that movie. <laughs> Oh, um, I, 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 you should just talk amongst yourself because I've never seen any Ghost in the Shell or any Mononoke. You have uh, you have you seen any of the Studio Ghibli stuff? Yeah, we we've seen a few. Someone showed me Totoro once, and we went and saw the new one that came out like a year or two ago about the about the plane guy. The, the planes, they're real pretty. I mean, plane. You know, plain guy. I'll, I'll, plain I will. I will stand um, for uh, my neighbor Totoro. So I'm glad you saw my neighbor Totoro because I'm a. Oh, I'm gonna go to your house and hand you my pile of Ghibli DVDs, and you're just gonna go through it. It'll be fine. I, I think one time uh, someone took me to a 
the one with Patrick Stewart in it, like from like 2004 or whatever, with like Steam Boy or something, Steam Kid. Oh, Steam Steam y- Youth. yeah, that was Steam Youth. Um. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm sorry. Uh, th- those movies are all fantastic. I don't, I don't mean to imply that anything's wrong. I just I feel like I, I missed out on so much in this short yet long yeah. life. Uh, I will tell you that. Um, I think one of the main reasons uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild is so enduringly popular and so hugely uh, impactful on me personally is that it 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 very artfully uh, like it, it conveys an, an art direction similar to um, the Studio Ghibli stuff without. Here's a yeah. Nino Kuni. Did either of you play that? Yeah, I watched I watched my girlfriend play it for a while. And I played a bit. It was fine. Yeah, it's very pretty. But I, um, I'm actually going to take that Breath of the Wild reference as a way to get us out of the show within a show that we've been doing for like 40 minutes called, oh, right. uh, called 90s video games and anime reference theater back into American Games Journalism Simulator um, by talking a little bit about Persona 5, which just came out. Um, wow. Yeah. Um, I've I've played just enough of it to get out just get out of the hand holding opening tutorial section, um, which boy those are long in JRPGs. I'd kind of forgotten <laughs> after Breath of the Wild, which has a tutorial section that's literally like two rooms where they make you put clothes on and then you climb a box, and then. There's arguably there's a larger tutorial section, but it really gives you a lot of freedom of choice in that tutorial section. Whereas Persona, all the Persona games are um, essentially teen simulators. You 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 live a year in the life of a of a high school child, um, and the first like. <laughs> Weak. You know, a standard human uh, high school child, uh, a youth, mm-hmm. uh, one, one, a youth, a, a, a <laughs> Japanese youth, a completely standard Japanese youth who goes into mindscapes and fights evil villains, as all Japanese youths do. Accurate. As, as they want to do, yeah. Um, and for the first, like, full week, week and a half of this Persona game, you are on rails, and the game just slugs you in the goddamn stomach if you try and go off of the critical path. Um, and after Zelda, I just spent a whole lot of time today trying to go off the critical path to see what would happen, and what happens every time is it goes, don't do that. Do the, do the thing I told you to do. Um, straight up murders you. Yeah, I, I mean, literally the first thing that happens in the game is that it gives you the, this is a work of fiction and has uh, no relationship to people living or dead, and l- makes you agree to it, and if you go no, because it gives you an option to go no, it goes, so you think this is all real? Well, you can't play this game, and sends you back to the start screen. Game over. So I got a game over within, like, 30 seconds of starting the game because I just wanted to see what would happen if I, like, kind of pushed at the walls. Which is not to say that it is a bad game because I think it is a good game, but I think everything that is bad about it is that it is extremely anime. (laughs) Um, 
that sounds kind of fantastic. I haven't played it, but I I have played one Persona game, and that was Persona 4 Golden on the Vita a few years ago. And I was charmed. I was thoroughly, thoroughly charmed. And it also starts slow, and is mostly about just, like, going through a high school yeah. year. I, I This is actually my first Persona game, although I have been aware of them because I've, you know, played a video game before in my life and know video game people. Um, but the... I think sort of the two problems with it that are both very anime is that, like, it spends its first sort of few hours really walking you through the concepts very slowly, which is fine because there's a lot of weird shit going on. Um, And also that it wants to have its cake and eat it, too, about sexualizing underage girls. Uh, I hate that that was a thing. Yeah. So much. I hate that so much. Because it it wants to uh, sort of, I guess, spoilers for like two hours into the game... It, it the first villain um, is rightfully thought of as an irredeemable shitheel because he is abusing his authority as a high school teacher to try and have a sexual relationship with a high school age girl and sexualize her in ways she is very clearly uncomfortable with. But then the game also sexualizes her, and like when she gets her persona powers. She gets dressed up in a, like, skin-tight leather cat suit, and your character has the option of literally suggesting the nickname of Sexy Cat for her. What the fuck? And, like, the game... Like, it... The game in both good and kind of bad, although I'm a, I'm a big Joss Whedon fan, um, kind of bad ways reminds me of uh, early Buffy. Like, you play a character who has been relocated to a new high school because you tried to do something that was good and then kind of a corrupt adult authority uh, punished you for trying to do that good thing and now you're thought of as a criminal and an outcast and you have to sort of build this new life. Um, Which is pretty much the premise of Buffy the Vampire Slayer at the start of that show. Um, Yeah. And um, it also has the Buffy the Vampire Slayer problem of, like, not seeing any problem with equating empowering a female character and sexualizing that female character. Um, Because, like, literally the moment where she becomes an empowered active character in the narrative, she gets put in a skin-tight catsuit. Um, yeah, and that's yeah. It's old. Yeah, yeah. bold, bold. I um, yeah, I. The other game had some weird things. I don't know if it was necessarily that uh, that that off-putting, um, but it had some weird moments mm. where it had uh, some bad moments. And spoiler for anyone who hasn't played Persona Four, and I found this out later, um, you can have sex with the teacher or the. Uh, one of the shopkeepers. I'm getting the sense there's several older ladies that seem to want to be riding my jock, um, and I'm yeah. like five hours in. Um, uh, as the kids say, yeah, no, I um, yeah, I, I was, I never found any of that stuff in four, Amanda. I just ran into uh, there was a, a social link character with a nurse, with a creepy nurse who worked the night shift at the hospital, and you could work there too. 
and she would totally she was very much like forward but also it wasn't clear whether she was a demon or not so I wasn't sure if the game was just like hiding behind like oh all these weird uh, strangely sexualized women that are way outside your age bracket either below or above are just actually supernatural forces not real people yeah I like the um, again I don't want to rag on the game too much because it's like super stylish and there's a lot I like about it in terms of like gameplay and like look and even concept like the 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 hook of this persona versus other persona games is that instead of sort of going into your own mindscape you're you're going into other people's mindscapes and it's kind of like you're doing a heist on their mindscape and when yeah. you when you win th- these awful people kind of repent for their sins and go and literally confess to their crimes. Um, You're basically clearing their, or, like, becoming their conscience or something? Yeah, um, yeah, and I, like, I really like that as sort of a metaphor for, like, trying to make so- social change and, and trying to, like, become an active force for good in the world. Like, I, I really like a lot about it, but it is also... Um, very problematic in in some of its views, especially around uh, sexuality and age of consent, which is very anime. Um, yeah, Atlas has a problem with that. With like um, Atlas seems to have a problem with that, where they will they will have um, characters that look like they're you know thirteen or twelve, and they are not dressed like uh, well, you know they're they're overly sexualized basically like they're put in overly sexual outfits and it's just like this is creepy as hell i i um, i also like i i do want to say like um i i'm trying to figure out the right way to say this without going like most of these complaints are bullshit cuz honestly this complaint is always valid um you you can't have gay relationships in persona 5 uh, that that you you can have relationships with, as far as I know, every playable female character. But you are a playable man, pr- male protagonist, and none of the male uh, side characters will enter into a romantic relationship with you. Which is a real shame, because like five hours in, as a straight dude, the the <laughs> I, the the male characters are much more interesting to me as romantic interests than the like. Because the one female character I know has been repeatedly sexually harassed by an older man, and so hitting on her seems incredibly fucking awkward. Meanwhile, I have, like, this cool new best friend that has, like, anger problems, and, like, he and I have this, like, outcast bond, and it's like, when are we going to make out? Dude, when are we going to make out? And apparently the answer is never. Um... Which is weird. Um, Which is weird because, like, Persona 4, you'd think... Like, after Persona 4, um, and there's the whole Kanji story, like, you'd think they'd move forward with that. Like, they'd be down. Yeah. But no. Um, Uh, And it's like... People aren't selling me on anime games. (laughs) Why can't this be, like, Mass Effect where I could just sleep with all the dudes in the galaxy? Yeah. Um, come to me, sweet Garrix. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, well, yeah, I've been I've been replaying Mass Effect One for the first time because um, because the best thing I can say about Mass Effect Andromeda is that it inspired me to go buy a copy of the Mass Effect trilogy and play it again. Mm-hmm. And you can just uh, borrow mine. <laughs> yeah, but then I have to borrow a thing. Yeah, when I could just that's true. Click, click that's true. Support video website. game developers. And, and I do gotta say, like, given like the th- there's just too many ga- good games this year. Like, I really I really feel like the general reaction to like the mayor reviews on Mass Effect Andromeda was. Oh, thank God. Like, just <laughs> one less thing I have to play this year. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, yeah and I made, I made the wise call of, uh, in a very busy and productive year, to just buy three uh, 40-plus-hour games and then play, decide to play through them in a mm-hmm, row. Because mm-hmm. I never played the third one, so why not now? Oh, you didn't. Huh. No, and I feel like I made the right call even today. Like, going back to play one, it's like, oh, actually, this game was not that doesn't necessarily age as well as you might think mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so i have a feeling that i'm going to destroy my memories of two by replaying it uh, it's it's not as good as you think it is it's still really good though like playing one where i got it's kind of a slog a lot of the part but like the first hour of that game is like it's like mass effect andromeda's first hour but like good that, like the <laughs> damn, um, like so people are going to say um you know people have said at this point like andromeda fails because of its technical issues or you know because the faces look funny or like the animation's off um and that i think that's all true in my experience after playing it for like you know, 10 hours or whatever but like really it's just that the acting isn't very good and well timed um i shouldn't say good but like it's it's not it's not effective right like it's, it's yeah. like playing one um the character the characters are, are just the animation is weird because it's 10 years old like the the detail is low the characters are stilted but the 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 dialogue is is believably timed so that you you actually like feel like there are real people talking in this video screen mm-hmm. um and the music is is well paced and like comes in at appropriate moments so that like uplifting speeches feel uplifting and like you know threatening conversations feel like foreboding and that i just never felt that at all in andromeda for the first 10 hours it was all just kind of off and i will say like for the flaws that i've had in persona 5 so far and again like yeah just the first five hours of every persona game are always the weakest five hours is the general view of every persona game um but like the thing that it gets absolutely right is that, like, and, like, after playing Breath of the Wild, which is a game that does everything right except for voice acting, playing a game that I have a lot of problems with, but the voice acting is really, like, top-notch and well-timed and really, like, conveys the exact emotions that you want it to convey, um, you really, like, feel that difference and feel how much, like, that matters for you being invested in the story and caring. Um, is like I'm, yeah. I am most invested in Persona for the meat dimension and for characters pulling out fake guns and putting them in their head. Uh, do I do either of those things happen in Persona Five? Oh, that's Persona Three then. Um, yes. Yeah. The meat dimension has not made an appearance yet, and um, they they seem to be the the way Personas uh, manifest and you deal with them is slightly different. I will say that um, the guns play a prominent role in that you have the sort of you you have the traditional like item magic attack defend uh, and then you just have gun you just have a gun and can just like <laughs> shoot five or six rounds in a row in a in a single combat round 
Um, I mean, that's, that's just why like... Does, <laughs> why does the high schooler have a gun? Uh, because you have fake guns, but in because all of the dungeons are mindscapes, when they're real to your opponents, they are real in the world of the the, the mind things. Uh, and they... This sounds like the... Man, yeah. This sounds like the realest game. Like, just like in real life, if you have a gun, you always have an option in your back pocket that just says gun. Yeah, and, like, <laughs> limited ammo is the main thing that, that like, keeps you from going gun all the time. Because, um, you know, you can refill your spirit gauge and you can always attack, but when you run out of bullets, you're just, like, fucking out of bullets. Um, Does the gun do more damage than, like... Like, can you kill bosses with just being like, oh, I'm just going to shoot you with a gun? <laughs> if life has taught me anything, it's that you can kill anything with a gun. <laughs> um, it's just, this seems to be running on, like, a, a, like, 12 different category. It seems to be running on Pokemon rules, where there's, like, rock, paper, scissors, but with 20 categories. Um, and, like, one of the categories seems to just be gun. Um, and the nice thing about things being weak to gun is that, like, when there's a lot of them, because you can retarget for each round. Each kill, right? Well, well, no, not even each, not even the, like, plus one thing. Like, this is just, even if you just, for a single round, you can shoot five or six bullets in that single round. Um, and you can retarget to a new enemy on each of those. The bullets don't do a whole shit ton of damage until you, like, hit five or six of them in a row. But if they're weak to gun, then you can... (laughs) Then you can gun, like, four or five enemies down in a single round without having to, like, split it over, like, different characters. Um, And then when everything is weak, you get to... I can't... I, I don't quite know what is, like, new to Persona 5 and what is, like... Yeah, that's every fucking Persona game, you idiot. Um, But when everything is weak, you get this thing where you can do a hold-up. And in a hold-up, you can either ask the enemy for an item, you can demand that they give you more gold, or you can enter into a conversation tree that's like a really short date with this enemy to convince them to become one of your Personas. Oh, that's part of, like, the Shin Shin Megami Tensei series, Mm -hmm. where you could, like, have conversations with demons to recruit them, or ask them, or, like, bribe them so they run away, or, like, they give you money, and stuff like that. So, it sounds like they brought it over? Yeah. Because it wasn't before, I don't think. Yeah, and it's, like, it's actually weirdly satisfying, because it, it is like a mini dating game every time, where they're, like... In the first dungeon, there's this fucking horse enemy, and I've gotten into a conversation to try and make it my persona like five times, and I just don't understand this guy. I don't know what he wants from me. I don't get, like, I don't... Do you want me to be, to project strength? Do you want me to, like, show you my, like, inner vulnerability? Like, what do you fucking want, you asshole? You fucking asshole horse. Every time. (laughs) Um... David, do you hate horses now? I no, cause uh, there's a ghost horse in the same dungeon, and the ghost horse and I get along great. We're fucking buddy. Like the very first ghost horse was like, yeah, let's let's bro down, and now all the ghost horses give me extra cash. But like this one, the regular fucking horse is just a dick, and I don't know what he wants. 
be a dick to him. Um, that, that's what I, but that's the thing, is that's what no, I thought. No, no, no. And then no, I'm, I saw I, I saw a movie about this in the 90s, mm-hmm. okay? No, uh, stop going back to the 90s. You need to find Robert Redford, mm-hmm. and you need okay. to get him to whisper to this That makes, okay. And, uh... If if you look like Scarlett Johansson, that would be even better. In which, and uh, I believe he will help you uh, uh, tame this wild beast and, and bring it over to your side. Okay, I, that works because I, I was going for like a like mystery with a fucking extra Y. Like just maybe if I neg the horse, like it'll and like have some extra pieces of flair because apparently a domino mask and a trench coat isn't a fucking enough. Um, now, 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 hold on. See, my my uncle works for uh, Nintendo Universal. Okay, and <laughs> and he said that um, th- there was a mystery with a Z, extra Z at the end in the works. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's you know it's coming out later, so mm. it's probably going to be DLC. Um, so maybe that'll fix this issue that you have. Yeah, having. that seems accurate. Yeah. I, I do like that. I do like that all the DLC for this game is just fashion boys. Just would you like some new fashions for your fashion boys? Because the answer is yes. Um, <laughs> There's also like the Japanese and the new challenge mode that's like free. Yeah, I I did not pick up the challenge mode, and I didn't realize I could get the Japanese until I'd started playing the game already. the The American voice actors seem fine, unlike. Zelda, where it's a, it's a real fucking slog. Um, is there is there a Robert Redford DLC in the works at all? Or <laughs> yes, you get you can pick up for for six ninety nine an extra uh, character for your party that just lets you parlay with horses way better. Okay, well, what about the meat dimension though? Where where do we stand on the meat dimension? So far, I. Um, I yeah. I so far no appearance of the meat dimension the the like the velvet prison room that is apparently the fucking red room of the Persona franchise um makes its appearance um and like apparently the black lodge yeah and like there's apparently the mask thing is like apparently the fact that your character like makes a deal with your persona and then immediately rips the mask off is like, well, that escalated quickly for the persona universe. Um, that seems like, that seems like bad, uh, uh, velvet room manners. You, you, you like then grow a second mask and become like, but apparently that's like going super sane in the persona universe and you just fucking do it automatically. Um, is it like a mask on top of your mask or just like a new mask? You, you, you like rip off and it's like attached to your face. And so it's like actually like pretty fucking hardcore because all of your characters just have like blood rushing down their face when they, they transform for the first time. And then oh. like a huge like cut scene happens and then they've just grown a second mask that's vaguely cooler than the first mask. Wait, is this just a dark gritty reboot of the '90s Jim Carrey vehicle, The Mask? Yes, one. Yes, it's it's weirdly <laughs> like it's one to one. Fucking '90s kids! Now they have disposable income. I actually oh. like The Mask from the '90s. That's what they're counting mm-hmm. on. Oh god damn it! Yeah, they know. They know. They're gonna market this to me. So I wonder, like, because in the Persona games, it's not a really big spoiler because this is just something that happens in all the Persona games. Mm-hmm. Um, you can like transcend your character 
after like and transcend your persona or whatever and like reach your ultimate persona mm-hmm. um so i wonder if when that happens you just grow another mask on you like you don't just take this mask off you get another <laughs> one and it's like super saiyan 3 where goku's hair got super well, long what i'm what i'm saying um, is it seems like you just get another mask it seems like because you're going into other people's like mind palaces instead of your own the game is just like you just immediately do that you're just rad enough that you've like transcended your own persona like i i like I fucking get the the persona my character originally gets. You in a tutorial have to like shove that guy into a box with another persona, and the two of them just like fucking fall over dead, and you get a new slightly higher level persona from that. Um, if I've learned if I've learned anything from all my uh, attendance of Tony Robbins uh, concerts, mm-hmm. it's that when you. Uh, you attain your ultimate persona you actually shed your mask yeah because that's your true self <laughs> i mean get out of here with that Laura. they, they uh, that sounds out. good to me i uh, just get out. I'm, I'm dreaming of the meat dimension right now because i'm so hungry uh so i uh i would be happy to float away but i don't want to cut off this uh, lively discussion of personas who are I, I feel like we are I do feel like we're winding down so that people can go off and have their evening but um their evening meat their evening meat from the meat dimension um mm-hmm. but I get I guess I want to have a final topic um what's your final topic What's your favorite final topic? Go around the floor. yeah. Let's let's all let's all you go first. around and and su- you first? suggest. <laughs> uh, my final topic was always you know honestly it was always art history because when I had that last class of the day you could just sleep because it was in an auditorium and they would turn the lights off. Shame on you. Yeah. Shame on you. Well, then art you history. won't get all of the references to where all the personas come from in the Persona games. Definitely, I just I picked it up. True. Yeah. yeah. I did my best learning asleep. Uh, I guess I'll <laughs> sleep university. I guess I'll go second because I haven't gone second yet in this bit that we're now doing. What's your favorite topic? Uh, my my favorite final topic. For, wait, is it for today or in life? Either it could also be your favorite final hot topic if there's like one you recently visited. Okay, well, time. I mean, th- then my favorite final hot topic and my favorite final topic is guys. There's an Invader Zim made for TV movie that's apparently going to come out. I heard. Gu- I heard. Guys, on a scale of one to Not ten, how movie. badly do you think Invader Zim is going to age? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it might have just circumvented aging and just will come back again. Like maybe no. it's been so long that like it's not just like a weird rehash that's reheated. Mm-hmm. It's like literally been long enough that it's just like nobody. Uh, no, I'm, I'm I, I think I think that number is is directly correlated to how many hot topic stores are still in business. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, like je- like those are Joan and Vasquez's Horcruxes. Like when the last <laughs> hot topic closes, he will just fall over dead instantly. And Vader Zim will end. Mm-hmm. As will like all those terrible Harley Quinn pieces. Uh, yeah. Amanda, what is your final topic? Which is apparently going to be our final topic. Um uh, America Chavez's new comic book, America, which is fantastic. Yes. Um, I have a doppelganger now. It's fan- it's it's great. Um, you've read you read Young Avengers, right? Like you're not. I 
I've been in and out. Like I, I read, um, young, I read some of it, but I, I think I know her more from the Ultimates relaunch, where they're just going through space and you know beating up Galactus and stuff. She's she's rad in that. She was pretty rad in the um, the Secret War, the the huge crossover on the like planet where Doctor Doom is God. I didn't see her in that though. That's the thing where I was like, and I know I read like most of those books. Uh, she so that's, she that's was down in the uh, Chiron Gillen who wrote um, all the who wrote the Young Avengers run where she kind of became a thing. Uh, uh, see, I was more of a Runaways fan. That's fair, but in the 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 the, the in the Secret War thing, that was just weird. Like that that was anyway. Um, but if you have not read the whole like. Chiron Gale and Jamie McKelvey Young Avengers run absolutely do that because it's fantastic. Will do, and you should definitely read if you haven't uh, the New America comic because uh, it's it, it's written by a queer woman of color. I, so what's not to love? Yeah, I have not picked it up yet because I um, haven't read a comic since Election Day, um, which means I have a big backlog I need to get to because um, I need to read that. Um, I, it means I, I missed um, the Wicked and the Divine issue that was a, a series of fake interviews um, that were actually really done by some of my uh, favorite writers like uh, Lee Alexander uh, and I think um, who is, is it was it Van Newkirk? Uh, or, uh, huh. Uh, like I missed that issue too. A lot of like real actual real life writers sent in interview questions for the gods of Wicked and the Divine and Chiron Gillen sort of wrote interview answers for them. Uh, and then huh. they had a sort of special like two-page spread uh, advertisements and photo spreads of the gods that were drawn by Jamie McKelvey. Um, and it's just rad. Uh, so I have that and a couple of other comics to be catching up on for the like last six months of comics basically uh gwenpool not actually that bad still not as good as spider gwen though so yeah so that up. i've i've heard both those things um yeah skip the howard the duck crossover um yeah, yeah. um did you see logan logan was pretty good haven't yet um i've been reading old man logan though which is um i finished the first two arcs, I think, well, it's, it, and I'm not sure how I feel about the second well, one. Well, I mean, the, the problem there is it's Mark Millar. Um, yeah, yeah. And and with our, with the invocation of our famous catchphrase, the problem there is it's Mark Millar. Um, let's release Waro from this terrible prison he's been trapped in <laughs> and let him go eat some meat. Um, good. You're free, Waro. You're free. <laughs> Sorry, I dozed off there. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. Uh, good. Good night, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this this podcast that was definitely about video games. Definitely, for sure, this was a video games podcast where we talk about video games.
We're turning into the IGN of podcasts. Ew. All right. Oh, God. I'm feeling a lot of Groverload right now. Thanks. I'm feeling a lot of Groverload because the because this is now a Sesame Street podcast because it can be about I, it can be about anything. I'm feeling a lot of Loverload right now, which is now this podcast is about bread. I'm feeling a lot of Overwatch because I haven't played that game in like six months. Okay, good night, everybody. Good night.